help protect you against cyber criminals. Protection for your identity and devices. Go to lifelock.com. Enter promo code RISK for an extra 10% off the low starting price of $79.99 a month. Terms apply. This report is brought to you by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Rocket Mortgage is simple so you can understand the details and be sure you're getting the right mortgage. Apply simply, understand fully, mortgage confidentially. Visit rocketmortgage.com today. Licensed in all 50 states. Equal housing lender NMLS number 3030. On Wall Street, the Dow was up 178 points. S&P was up 12. NASDAQ up 52. Your next update is at 8. Breaking news at once. Wake up with Len Berman in the morning and Michael Riedel 6 to 10 a.m. tomorrow. I'm Lisa G on 710 WOR and NBC News Radio Station. Now, you're in the WOR Sports Zone. Filling in for Pete, here's Sal Licata. Hour one in the books, taking on nine o'clock here in the Sports Zone. Two pairs of Mets tickets to give away, one this hour and one the final hour. We'll talk to SNY's insider, Andy Martino, get some insight to the Mets and maybe do some Yankees with him as well. Uh, the Yanks having some issues of their own and has nothing to do with, uh, on the field stuff. It's all about uh, the scheduling. Look, the Yankees have had, I mean, it seems like the Yankees have had more rainouts than the Mets have had wins over the last seven weeks. Uh, Yanks keep getting rained out and they are scheduled to play a doubleheader on Monday. What is the exact date here? As I'm trying to find it right. Monday, no, June, what is it? June what? What? Well, one of you got to talk to me in there. I'm hearing two of you. July 9th. Okay. So July 9th is where the Yankees are scheduled to play a doubleheader. And it is that um, that Sunday night before. The Sunday night before, it's supposed to scheduled to play a 1 o'clock game, and then ESPN moves it to a night game on July 8th. And then, they obviously, like I said, the rain out with the Orioles, they're scheduled to play a double dip now on July 9th. That is just not right. I mean, you can't play a Sunday night baseball game and then have to go to Baltimore early the next morning and play a doubleheader. I mean, that's ridiculous. But the Yankees apparently going to boycott ESPN. Their spokesperson for the team, David Robertson, saying that, uh, uh, you know, hopefully they don't have to get to that point yet. They're going to try to make sure ESPN changes that game back to one o'clock start. And then, you know, uh, hopefully they don't have to have any issues. But the game should start at one o'clock. You can't play Sunday night game. Get somebody else in there. Move the Yanks to Sunday night another night. I know you want to have the Yankees on. You don't need to see Yankees Blue Jays July 8th. Take another game. Give them a break. You can't. How could they do that? What is baseball thinking? After they announced the doubleheader, the rescheduled doubleheader on July 9th, why would they? Why would they do that? Make that game Sunday night. Makes no sense. Anyway, Yankees have issues with the scheduling and the rainouts. Mets have issues with it seems everything but uh, that. Gino is in Brooklyn. What's up, Gino? Sal, good to hear your voice, man. How you doing? Well, thanks. What's up, Gino? Uh, yeah, first of all, I don't know why the Mets fans were worried about getting booed playing the Cubs because the stadium was split 60-40 pretty much. Cubs, the Cubs way. Yeah, it's, that's it's that, that's bad enough, too. It is ridiculous, Gino. I agree. And uh, the other thing is I agree with you on 100%. Give it give it this, this week here. And then you know what? If they don't perform over the week, you know what you do? As long as Sandy's there, you sit on your hands and you just play out the rest of the year. Because you he you cannot leave him responsible for trading the Grom and Syndergaard. Last year he traded Reed, Bruce, Granderson, and our farm. It's like it's like it detracted from our farm system. Well, that was a I different mean, that was I a different circumstance. Reed, no, Gino, that was a different circumstance. He was looking to dump guys and get whatever they could back for him and just shed some of the salary for the year, knowing that it was a lost year anyway for the Mets. It's a different circumstance when you're talking about trading the possibility of trading Syndergaard and DeGrom, and which, by the way, I don't think they would ever even consider, even if it is uh, is a different regime from, from Sandy Alderson. Yeah, 
Yeah, no, I agree with you. But, I mean, Addison Reed was an excellent, you know, setup, man. They should have been able to get something back for him. That wasn't really 100% a salary dump. I and think. Who did they get, man? Gershon, but this guy, Batista, is absolutely garbage. It's it's unbelievable. Well, he looks like garbage right now. He's raw. And thanks for the call, Gino. Look, there are a lot of things you could get on Sandy Alderson for. I'm not going to get on him for certain trades. Every GM makes good trades. Every GM makes bad trades. I mean, I didn't love the Zach Wheeler trade with Carlos Beltran years ago, but that was one that was talked about as a great trade. Oh, my goodness, how could he get Zach Wheeler for Carlos Beltran, an aging veteran who everybody knew they were looking to deal? Uh, I would have turned Wheeler around, and I think that there was talks about doing that. They never did. But either way, certain trade. You know, you could talk about the R.A. Dickey trade where he got Syndergaard and Travis Darno. At the time, it was still a great deal, even though Darno has never panned out, and he's a complete bust. He's made some good ones. He's made some bad ones. He's made some good signings. He's made some bad ones. I think the overall theme would be, if you want to critique Sandy, and believe me, I don't like critiquing Sandy Alderson. I think he knows what he's doing. I think he's a very good man. I think he's a very good baseball man. But his ball club is killing positive Sal. I have to. I have no choice but to critique Sandy. I think if you are to critique him, it is with his philosophy in building a team. The construction of the 25-man roster. And you could also criticize him for the manager. I mean, he's the one who fell in love with Mickey Calloway. Now look, it is early. It is only June 4th. I'm going to give him at least a week. The next five games. Five games, one week. Let's see what they could do. Monday at 6.05 might be a different story, but give them a little bit more time here. I still think this team has a chance. Look, get Cespedes back. You get Frazier back. You get Swarzak back. That helps a lot. They need to trim the fact. Get rid of these useless players and bring in some guys who could do something. And then they just need to start snowballing in the right direction. All it takes a couple weeks to get right back in it. Not like they're buried. But I think the overall philosophy of how Alderson constructs a roster to where he values home runs, doesn't care about batting average, doesn't care about defense, that's where you can critique Sandy Alderson. And over the years, I've tried to evolve. I've tried to accept it because I didn't believe in the 2015 team. I didn't believe the way that that was built, even after Cespedes was acquired. Now, when Cespedes was acquired, they just took off, so there was no time to rip him. But I still didn't, in my heart, believe that's that was a great baseball team that could go in a World Series, and they went to the World Series. So I tried to evolve and maybe adapt and say, okay, well, this team, clearly it can win because it went to the World Series in 2015. It went to the postseason, even in an injury ravage year in 2016. Maybe they can get there, even though it's not what I believe in, how I would build a team. But what I'm learning is the way that I would build a team might be more consistent, might be more trustworthy than the way that the team is currently built. Because they've just been so inconsistent and they've been so anemic offensively. Maybe that's the one constant, the you know anemic offense. Peter is in Jersey. What's up, Peter? Hello? Peter there? Nothing. Don in Long Island. What's up, Don? Hey, good. I'm glad to hear your voice, guys. You guys are great. Right, Don, it's Don, it's just one guy. Thank you, though. That's right, yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. All right. Yeah, yeah. we'll get to your point, now. Don. Go ahead. Clearly you're listening. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, what gets me is the Mets seem to trade away or let people go, like Murphy and stuff, and they don't get nothing back for him. Or he went as a free agent, but they don't want to pay him the money. Now, some of these guys are good, and some of them have been, been so-so. But... It's been a history with this, you know, with the with the management. They keep 
they get rid of some guys that uh, are oh, maybe questionable for the term, and they don't they don't follow through and get anybody to replace them with any kind of talent. And like you said all along, they're not hitting the ball. They're not playing defense right. It's almost like looking at kids who are trying to figure out what a baseball bat is the first time they look at it. They just got to try harder. They got to learn the fundamentals, which you learn that little league, like you were saying. You, you can't get away with by not making sure these guys that you're picking up know the fundamentals. And it's not just paying them money and hoping they do good. They have to do a little more research. They got to know them better. Don, it's the major leagues. If Jay Bruce doesn't know by now to come in on a fly ball and call off the infielder because he's coming in on it can make a throw, I mean, he's I never going to. I saw that play, and I was like, what the heck is he doing out there scratching his butt? I couldn't believe it. Well, and thanks for the call, Don. But I guess the point is, do you think Jay Bruce didn't know that? If you or I know that, Jay Bruce sure as hell knows it. Okay, he's a major league baseball player. He knows it. So then the problem becomes, well, wh- if he knows it, why didn't he do it? And that's a whole other issue. And I think that's because he's thinking instead of reacting. You should be charging in on that ball, screaming, I got it, I got it, I got it. Get the hell out of the way, Guillaume. And that's it. End of story. Instead, he's trying to be too nice out there. He don't want to ruffle anybody's feathers. Oh, don't want to collide with any. That's it. They're thinking too much. He's thinking. Conforto's, you know, bad throw in center field. Maybe he's trying to do too much and make a great throw at home. I don't know, but he's not a center fielder, and the throw wasn't even close. I mean, he missed everybody. That can't happen. Guys on the base pad, you know, Stephen Matz, not having a guy still home on him, saying he didn't even think about the runner at third, never thinks about the runner at third. Oh, okay, good. That's good. Never think about the runner at third? Okay. And you have other teams that are literally running circles around the base paths against the Mets. And the Mets don't do that to other teams. It's not just those things either. It's that the Mets can't field baseballs. It's that the Mets can't throw baseballs. It's that the Mets can't pitch when they need to, and it's that the Mets can't hit, period. But do they have the right guys in place? Or not the right guys. Do they have guys who could potentially do all of these things? The answer is yes, they do. They've proven that they can do it. Whether you or I like the signings or not, these guys have proven that they can have success at the major league level. Maybe not MVP or all-star success for every one of them, but they have proven they can have success. Jay Bruce has been a successful major leaguer. Todd Frazier has been a successful major leaguer. Michael Conforto has shown signs of being a successful major leaguer. As Drupal Cabrera has been terrific this year. You know what Cespedes is. Syndergaard, DeGrom, Mats has looked better on the mound. Forget about the blunders yesterday. It's, they're not losing these games because of the starters, for the most part. So it's not like they don't have the pieces in place. They could even have a great bullpen. Familia, who has been an MVP on this team in 2015, in my opinion, he was their MVP. He's got to get back to that if they want to have success. Blevins got to get a lefty out, maybe for once in his life. Guys got to start doing their jobs. Pretty simple. I mean, they have Lugo and Gazelman in the bullpen. They should be a good bullpen, and they're not. Just not working right now. Give them a week. Need a little more patience before everybody wants to blow it. Before we all want to blow it up. Eight hundred three two one zero seven ten. And when it when it's time, when we decide that it's time to blow it up, that means all of it.
That's why I'm not ready to do that just yet. 800-321-0710. 800-321-0710. Salicata in the Sports Zone. Filling in for Pete McCarthy. Still have two pairs of Mets tickets to give away. One this hour. Your call's ahead. The Voice of New York, 710 WOR. You're in the WOR Sports Zone. In for Pete, here's Sal Licata. Get back to your calls in a second. I'm being told now that we have uh, the manager of the Mets uh, on the line with us right now. Mickey, we were talking about, uh, look, your struggles, and it's been clear. It's been obvious you guys have been struggling, and you've been all over the place. I mean, let's be honest here. You're struggling uh, not only with trying to get your ball club to do the right things and all that. You talk about not having a meeting. Then you do have a meeting, try to clean things up. Is it frustrating that after you do have that team meeting, Mick, that uh, you know things like a drop pop-up still happen? Yeah, I mean, it's frustrating to, uh, you know, you're you're giving them the game instead of them winning the game from you, and, and that's always hard to accept. You know, if you do the things the right way and you get beat, um, you, you don't feel great about it because you lost, but you can accept it and move on. Um, you know, we have to learn from those mistakes and, and make sure they don't happen again. Yeah, but it's continually happening here. And you talk about uh, being frustrated about giving the Cubs the game, so to speak. You know, you're beating yourselves as opposed to getting beat. It's a little bit of everything. Some nights you get beat, sometimes you beat yourselves. Anyway, you've already addressed that with the team. How do you get through to this team? Yeah, no, I think we need to, to shift our focus. Obviously, we're not focusing on that part of the game very well. Um, you know, if we have to go out and work on cutoffs and relays and pop-ups and, you know, PFPs, then that's what we'll do instead of being on the field hitting. You know, I guess we need to make some adjustments in maybe what we're, you know, focusing on on a daily basis. Now, we go out there and we do def- defensive work every day. We go out there and hit. But maybe we need to shift our focus a little bit more instead of just ground balls and throwing to bags um, to be more uh, fundamental specific. Now, hold on now. I don't know if there's enough time in the day to practice all the things that your team isn't doing right. I mean, don't PFP all you want, Mick. You can't give up hitting. I mean, you haven't done much of that. 24 innings, one run. Last one, I know you got to run. What's up with Bruce? He's been terrible. Is he injured? No, no, he's healthy. You know, I think he he just can't get things going. You know, whether it's at the plate and then it's in the field, you know, it's it's just hasn't come for him. The uh, you know all the stuff at the plate, we've been digging deep on it, and he's doing a great job. He's with not chasing, and and all of his other rates are kind of in line with what he's done in his career. The hits just haven't been coming, so. You know, he's, he's really trying to make sure that uh, he stays focused on the right things there. You know, in the field, I think that uh, what's happening is the frustration of how the season's going for him maybe comes into play a little bit. Uh, okay, thanks for your time, Mickey. Uh, one word of encouragement. Take that book of stats and light it on fire and then go out there and manage a baseball team. Peter is in Jersey. What's up, Peter? Hi, Peter. Uh, hi, Sal. Um, I'd just like to know, um, most of our pitchers have been exerting a lot of effort. That's why they have an injury. And, you know, the people in the bullpen are not that good. So, uh, Familia, Robles, they should be changed and with a better uh, um, people from the bullpen. Also, we, we should select some people who have a good hitter because... Our pitchers are really trying hard, and they are uh, they have been injured because they have been exerting effort, and there's no hit. 
No, there's no hit. And thanks for the call, Peter. Um, look, they, they can't jettison Jerice Familia. I mean, if Jerice Familia isn't what he was a couple of years ago, they have no chance. I mean, they need him to be great. They need Jerice Familia to be a guy that they can rely on to get outs. They don't necessarily need Ramos to do that, but they need Familia along with Gazelman, Lugo, and then a lefty. They're going to have to have a lefty, whether, look, and I agree with you, Robos has to go. I don't, I don't know what they see in him. I don't know why he's on the team. It's been years here now. Enough with Robles. Give me Tim Peterson instead. At least he looks like he could do something. Robles is lost. He's throwing batting practice up there. I could take Robles deep. I, I firmly believe that. Give me a week of BP and I'll take Robles deep. In game, whatever. And believe me, I would style that one too. Seawald will be all right. You just got to get him some rest. Um, they have guys that, you know, again, Blevins can't get an out with a lefty, so if it's not him, it's somebody else. It's not going to be Buddy Bauman. They need to actually go out and address that and get another lefty. That's if they're serious about winning. It's time to get serious now. Now's the time. Bring up Frazier. Swarzak coming back. That is going to help, maybe more so than Frazier even. And they need to get Cespedes back. Then all of a sudden, the lineup looks different, gets lengthened out. Maybe it takes some pressure off some of the guys there. I think the bullpen will get back in order when you get consistent starts the way that they've been having it. You know, assuming Mats doesn't leave the game because his finger is, uh, you know, rubbed the wrong way. He has a little red spot on his finger. Syndergaard coming back, that's going to help. You know what you're getting from Jacob deGrom. You should be able to map out and trust those guys to give you six, seven innings each time out, which then will shorten the workload on the bullpen. You know, and by the way, during the 11 and 1 start, one thing we kept talking about constantly was how the starters weren't going deep into games. And that's going to be a big time problem because as great as the bullpen has been, no bullpen can sustain that workload. And guess what? It hasn't. Here we are just a few short weeks later. The bullpen has imploded. Why? Is it a different bullpen as far as the arms go? No, because of the overuse, because of the workload. It goes hand-in-hand. Hand. The starters have to go deeper in the games, and then the bullpen will be shortened up. You could use you know, certain guys in certain spots and give them plenty of rest, and it'd be nice if you actually had some runs to play with. Ray is in Waterbury. What's up, Ray? Hi, Sal. How are you, Ray? You're right. This is a big week for them because if they have a bad week, and get murdered by the Yankees. Oh, it's over, yeah. Oh, it's over, and Cal- I don't know how Callaway will survive that, you know? It's going to be a problem. I mean, that Ray, honestly, I, I, you know, it's certain stuff said in jest here, but if they are in the same spot a week from today, and they just say somehow they lose to the Orioles and get embarrassed by the Yankees, it's going to be ugly come Monday. Uh, I'm not saying that he's going to get fired, because I don't think he will, but it is going to be ugly come Monday. You know, Sal, you uh, about two months, about a month ago, you uh, on SNY. You brought up a, uh, a comment that he made. Remember when they blew that Washington game? Yeah. And he said he made that comment. You brought it up on Sports Night. That why did he say we don't want the season to go get spy, go you know to spiral under control over one inning? Tailspin. Said, yeah, he said. Why it. did he said it? He had to be thinking about it. Yep. He said we don't want to have this go into a tailspin. It was one bad inning, and he was right. saying it. He was saying it to not only try to convince himself, but also convince his ball club. Let's it's it's one bad inning. That's it. Let's not go into a tailspin. And guess what? They have been in the tailspin ever since. Now people could overlook it all they want. That is a stark difference in a team from April 15th or April 16th on that date that that actually happened when they blew that lead in that eighth inning to where they are now. That started the whole thing. Yeah, it did. And thanks for the call, Ray. I appreciate it. I did bring that up on SNY because I do believe that that was a turning point. 
I also did believe that they would be able to dig themselves out of it. I mean, maybe after five weeks they could dig themselves out. It's now been it's been about seven weeks since then. And you could look past this week. I'm choosing not to do that because they have two easy ones with the Orioles, one of the worst teams in baseball. And they're they're home, obviously. And then look, the Yankee series is not going to be an easy one, never is, but that's going to be where they're measured. In this town, you talk about playing under pressure. Well, Callaway's going to be in for a big surprise. I mean, this is the Subway Series. Met fans are going to be ticked off to begin with, and they need to somehow salvage that weekend at home against the hated Yankees, who don't lose series. They get embarrassed by the Yankees. There's going to be a big problem Monday. And not only that, not only the off day Monday where you're going to have the media and everybody complaining, uh, you know, and fans calling for everybody to be fired. You, you, I mean, you got a road trip going to Atlanta, Arizona, and Colorado. Good luck with that. Ten game road trip, two in Atlanta, four in Arizona, and four in Colorado. I mean, their season could eff- effectively be over by the end of June. At first, I was being patient, trying to be positive. And I do still believe, don't get me wrong, I know we've been critical of the Mets, and you guys certainly have been critical, and we have a right to be. It's been seven weeks, and it's been lousy baseball. I still do believe when they get healthy here, and it's coming soon, Cespedes, Frazier, Swarzak, that'll help trim some of the fat, and then by having those guys back, lengthening out the lineup, strengthening the bullpen, and also getting Syndergaard back, Helping that starting rotation, I think it could snowball in the right way to where they could have a couple of good weeks to get to just calm down a little bit. Just right the ship for a minute. Not talking about go on a run and go win the division or go win the World Series. I don't believe this team can win the World Series, certainly. I never believed that to begin with. I don't think they can win the division. I'm still not giving that up, but I'm getting close to giving that up. I mean, how much longer am I going to hold out here? I'd be a fool. I still believe they can right the ship stabilize things, and give you a few months of this season here and compete for a playoff spot. They're good enough, talent-wise, to be able to do that. They just haven't been playing anywhere near it. Bobby is in Queens. What's up, Bobby? Hey, you doing, Sal? Um, I just want to admit to being a moron because I'm the guy who missed Kevin Ploiecki when he was gone. And Kevin Ploiecki is the definition of your ex-girlfriend who you broke up with because she was crazy. And then you run into her, and you say, oh, you know, let's rekindle this, and you go out and you eat, and then 10 minutes in, you go, and now I remember. She's nuts. This is why I broke up with her. I hate you. And, and this is Kevin Pulecki. Oh. I mean, this is, this is what he is. Yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> I don't know. And, and if, I'll tell you, if Jose Reyes is on this team in two weeks, I swear to God, I'm going to lose my mind. Well, that's another one. Me. No, Bobby, look, I understand your frustration. I'm going to give Plawecki, and first of all, I love the analogy. Okay, anytime you throw the ex-girlfriends into the analogy, I love that. Uh, I'm going to give Plawecki a little bit more here. Now, I don't know why Mickey Calloway would ever dream about putting him at first base and batting him clean up. It, does, it just doesn't make any sense. Let him split time at catcher with Mezzarocco. That's it. And see if he could do what he did the end of last year. See if he could do what he started to do the beginning of this year before he got hurt. I do think Ploiecki can be a serviceable backup catcher at the major league level. Maybe even start, you know, split time with Mezzarocco, keep him healthy. As for Reyes, I don't see his value. I mean, I could go over, if this were my roster, I would clean up, I would trim the fat real quick. I mean, enough with trying to hang on to, and I like the signings at the time, I get it, but now it's it's about trying to get better ball players in. 
Can't just take a guy like Adrian Gonzalez who's got no versatility whatsoever. What are his values? You could find somebody else to do that. You can find somebody to replace Wilmer Flores. Same thing with Jose Bautista. Certainly with Jose Reyes. I'd rather have Guillaume than Reyes. Too many guys on this team that don't play the game well enough. And then you wonder why they don't play the game well enough as a team. Again, can get cleaned up here, but it's got to be soon. It's got to be this week. 800-321-0710. 800-321-0710. More of your calls. We'll have Mets tickets to give away when we come back. Take you on 9 o'clock in the Sports Zone. It's Sal Akata filling in for Pete McCarthy on The Voice of New York, 710 WOR. This is the WOR Sports Zone. Filling in for Pete McCarthy, here's Sal Licata. Shocking, another issue as far as a championship team celebrating the White House is concerned. This a statement from the president that was just released. The Philadelphia Eagles are unable to come to the White House with their full team to be celebrated tomorrow. They disagree with their president because he insists that they proudly stand for the national anthem, hand on heart in honor of the great men and women of our military and the people of our country. He continues, the Eagles... Wanted to send a smaller delegation, but the 1,000 fans planning to attend the event deserve better. These fans are still invited to the White House to be part of the different type of ceremony, one that will honor our great country, pay tribute to the heroes who fight to protect it, and loudly and proudly play the national anthem. Trump says he will be there at 3 p.m. with the United States Marine Band and the United States Army Corps to celebrate America. So uh, let me get this straight. Uh, some Eagles players said they wouldn't, they didn't want to attend, and then Trump basically said, well, if not, if... You all don't come. You, none of you could come, right? That's basically what happened. Oh, God. I mean, uh, I don't even know where to begin with that. Really, sports teams shouldn't care anyway. But it is a great honor, right? That you win—it's part of the championship deal. It's, if you're a Philadelphia Eagle and you always dreamt about winning the Super Bowl and one day going to the White House, now maybe the White House is not what you envisioned it when you were having those dreams. But nonetheless, it's still the White House and. To have certain people not want to go, certain teammates not want to go, and others now not being allowed to go because of it. Didn't that happen with the Warriors, producer Mark, last year? Was it one of those that Trump disinvited or the Warriors said they weren't going to go? And then he revoked the invitation. Right, so the Warriors said as a team, though, as a team they decided not to go, and then Trump said, well, you're not invited anyway. Basically. The, the invitation. Yeah, um, that seems to make a lot of sense. Either way, uh, look, for sports fans, I'm sure nobody in Philadelphia is crying. I could care if the Mets win a World Series and there's some issue with the, you know, White House ceremony. I, I don't care. When we win the World Series, get the trophy, have the parade. That's all that matters. Stan is in the car phone. What's up, Stan? Yeah, I think you're focusing on the wrong reason in general if you're looking at Sandy Alderson. I think there are two reasons the uh, Mets are pretty crappy right now. One is uh, the culture that uh, the Wilpons have, which is get a bargain because two bargains equal one, um, one good player. And the other is Mickey Calloway, who may be a good pitching coach, but he, he's, uh, he's not a leader. I, I, I don't see uh, – he can't inspire someone to make the extra effort, and he sounds like an idiot when somebody throws home run ball after home run ball – and he then says, well, the statistics are really good. He's really doing what he's always done. 
Yeah, you can't say uh, that. He, Callaway's not... Look, Callaway's been disappointing. I don't think there's any way to say it. I think the Mets feel that Callaway's been disappointing themselves. Alderson made the hire. They fell in love with him. I'll be honest with you, I fell in love with him too. I thought Callaway was going to be a great manager. Now, I'm not saying he can't be. It is only June 4th year. Long way to go. But it is the problem in general with hiring a guy who's never done it before. Not to mention you're hiring a guy who's never done it before and you're putting him in New York. That's a lot to ask. Yeah, well, you're, you should get used to him because the Mets aren't going to need his salary for however long his contract is. No, well, they're not going to do anything with him, but that's what I'm saying. Look, you got to give it some more time here. The idea of the Mets and this regime breaking it down and rebuilding and trading DeGrom and Syndergaard, whatever, that to me is foolish. You you don't halfway it. It's either all or nothing. You let it go to the end of the year, and if, if it turns out that the Mets lose 100 ball games or whatever it is, then they need to seriously, as an organization, address where they're going moving forward and what direction you want to go in. See, it's hard because people get lost in it that just, a, you know, not last year, two years ago, the Mets were in the playoffs for the first time in franchise history in back-to-back seasons. So really, it's one bad year. Right? I mean, that's what we're talking about. One bad year, and now it's June 4th, and this has been a rough start. All things considered, obviously not the 11-1 start. So is it fair to say that they need to blow the whole thing up and fire Sandy Alderson and everybody else in that regime and clean house and, and rebuild? Is it fair to a team that has made the postseason back-to-back years for the second time in the history of the franchise and they just had one bad year last year and they built a decent team coming in this year? Is that right? That's why I'm being a little more patient with this team than normal even though I don't believe in the construction of the ball clubs. But again, I didn't believe in the construction of the ball clubs back in 15 and 16 anyway. They have enough to where they should be competitive and get it turned around. I think another critique would be that with this club, a veteran club trying to win now and take advantage of the window that they're in, is it the right move to bring in a manager who's never done it before? Terry Collins would handle the veterans much better. Uh, Terry Collins handled handle everything much better. But I got the feel, too, it was time for a change there. I understand that. They went with the statistical guru, the analytical guy, and Mickey Calloway, great personality and all those things. And when things are going well, like they were the first two weeks of the season, it's easier. You really find out about somebody when things start to spiral. And they go into a tailspin. And right now, I think Callaway's searching for the answer. He's never been here before. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's got to learn how to get out of this. And then, years down the road, he can look back and reference it. When I was in New York my first year in 2018, we went into the, you know, we went into a ditch for seven weeks. We were able to get out of it. Blah, 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 blah. Right now, there's no reference point to that. So you're seeing a manager learning on the go here with the team that's supposed to win now in New York City. Tough task. Chris is in Brooklyn. What's up, Chris? Hey, Sal. How you doing? Thanks for taking the call. Thanks for making it. What's um, up, Chris? Aren't the fundamentals taught in Little League and high school? Yes. I, mean, I, I cannot watch Conforto, Airmail, another ball, and watch the back runners move up again. 
Yeah, I mean, oh. it's a bad play. It's a bad play. But it happens. Every team has one of those. And I'm not going to rip on Conforto because he's a young kid. He's playing out of position in center field. He's not a true center fielder. I mean, it was a bad throw. There's no excuse for it. He's got to hit the cutoff man. But that's it's not, not it's why not the, the first one, Sal. It's not I, the first one. I know, but it's, it's also, it's also, he's also not the only guy. I mean, Jay Bruce yesterday with the pop up. I mean, Steven Matt's not paying attention, uh, to the runner on third. I mean, the Mets get run on all the time. The Mets don't field well. It's not just one guy with one little mistake. The idea that this is a little thing and a fundamentals that they're not doing right it's a joke i mean they've scored one run in 24 innings they can't hit how about yeah. that and and sandy alderson uh yeah i think it was with oakland i, I don't know where he came from but he, he's known for trading away for away the farm he trades away the whole farm well yeah well what, what do you mean he didn't trade away the farm here he hasn't made it he hasn't done any of that he traded former for cesspitas what else has he done we we don't have a farm though. I mean, well, he hasn't brought one in. That's different than trading it away. And thanks for the call, Chris. He has. They have not developed. A, Sandy Alderson, when he first came here, their whole thing with that regime was that they were going to fix it from the ground up. They wanted to fix the organization from the bottom up, starting at the minor league levels. And to, to from where I'm sitting, Wally Backman was the best thing that ever happened in the minor league levels with this ball club and this organization. Since he's been gone, they haven't done anything in the minor leagues. Now, I don't know what inside out. I don't know single A, the double A team. I'm not paying attention to it. I'm paying attention to the big league club, which looks like a minor league club in itself for the majority of the time. I think the team moving from Vegas, that is going to help them when that eventually happens. I think that that's an issue, a logistical nightmare. I'm sure that they've had problems dealing with that over the years. But Alderson and that regime were supposed to build this team not via free agency like they had in years past. They were supposed to trim the payroll, cut down on the bad contracts and expensive players who weren't performing up to their contracts, and start producing a solid minor league system. And they haven't done that. And it's hurt them at the major league level this year in particular. And moving forward, it looks bleak. That's the problem that you have. Of all the things that they were supposed to do, that should have been the number one thing. And they haven't done it. Now, what they have done, to their credit, they made the postseason back-to-back years, 15 and 16, as we talked about, the World Series birth. But is that enough? I don't know. Is that enough time? I mean, look, the Mets got rid of Omar Minaya, right? And then all of a sudden you started to see the players that he had drafted, all of them produced at the Major League level years later. And turned out that that's the reason why the Mets went to the World Series in 2015. A lot of those guys from Omar. So is this a case where, let's say, at the end of the year, the Mets lose 100 games, Alderson walks away, or the Mets decide to move on, and then three, four years down the road, some of his draft picks finally pan out? I, I don't know the answer to that. I, I just think we got to be a little more patient here, but it certainly is frustrating watching the baseball you've watched over the last seven weeks. All right, right now, your chance to win a pair of tickets. See the Mets take on the Dodgers June 24th out at City Field. Be caller number 9 at 800-321-0710. You're the winner. Purchase tickets at Mets.com slash tickets. We'll be back with more of your calls. We'll talk to Andy Martino of SNY at 805. Plenty more to do. And we'll have another pair of tickets to give away next hour as well. Plenty more to do here in the Sports Zone. It's Salicata filling in for Pete McCarthy on The Voice of New York, 710 WOR. Now, you're in the WOR Sports Zone. Filling in for Pete, here's Sal Licata. Andy Martino of SNY coming up at 8.05. We'll get some insight to the Mets then. Another pair of tickets to give away in the final hour. We'll do that later in the 8 o'clock hour. 
Uh, if you heard before, we had Callaway on. Well, no, we really didn't actually have Callaway on. It was some sounds of Mickey Callaway from the weekend that I pretended to talk to, and uh, you know, I mean, tried to fool you, and make it like we had him on. But I'm assuming you know that. My wife did not know that. I got a text from her just now saying, "Did you know Callaway was going to call you?" Uh, yeah. Um, well, no, he didn't. In fact, call. It's it's okay. I was talking to Callaway's voice, and we made it sound fun. Anyway, just in case, you think producer Mark? You think people knew that that was not in fact Mickey Callaway? I mean, we do it often enough that I think people would get it by now. Yeah, well, I mean, we have done that occasionally when we've been on. That is correct. Uh, all right, let's get some calls here before the top of the hour. Tom in New Jersey. What's up, Tom? Yes, Al. Uh, how you doing? I'm okay. Uh, just a couple of points. You said earlier about Mickey and his overuse of, of, of the starting pitcher of, of the bullpen. Uh, he keeps doing this. The Grom's pitching a great game, and he takes him out. And recently, not only at the beginning, but we saw it recently within the last week. You had Vargas, you mentioned earlier. Now, I'm not a big fan of Vargas, but he's, he's terrible. pitching smoothly in the fifth inning. He's going five innings. He could have kept them in. They end up losing the game. Lugo, only four innings. We got to stretch him out. I don't understand where to stretch the pitcher out. Tom, you know what? From. I agree with that with Lugo. I mean, if you're going to have him only go four innings, why are you starting him? I mean, you're going to start a guy that's going to go four innings. He pitches four scoreless against the Cubs. You're not winning that game after you take him out. Uh, but, you know, they took him out. I mean, I don't know if you remember back in 1978 or so, Sparky Lyle came in in the fourth inning in a playoff game against the Royals for the Yankees. The fourth inning, he was the relief pitcher. He finished the game. There was no such thing as we got to stretch out the pitcher back then. If you heard John Smoltz the other night, he made an interesting comment. He said, too many managers are too hung up with the pitch count. Right. It's stressful innings. He said, John Smoltz went 10 innings in a seventh game of a World Series. Who, you know, who would know better? And you saw the other night. Uh, Mickey, every inning brought in another pitcher in that extra inning game against the Cubs Mm -hmm. to the point where he had nobody left. He had a buddy Bauman left. Madden kept the same pitcher in because he was pitching well. He even let him bat. I think twice. But the problem, the, the problem well, is, Tom... Um, Callaway would never do that. Callaway well, but who's the guy that's going to do that? Who's the guy? I mean, Gazelman could have given you more than one inning, but what Mickey's thinking is they try to save him for the next night. I mean, that's where he starts getting ahead of himself, and thanks for the call, Tom, where a more experienced manager is going to try to win the game that is there right in front of you. And I thought Callaway managed a horrible series against the Cubbies because he had a chance to win a ball game on Friday night with Wheeler with the, Wheeler with the lead late. Zach Wheeler is pitching into the seventh inning. You are up 2 nothing. If you want to take him out after he did, after a couple of singles in the top of that seventh inning, if I'm not mistaken, takes Wheeler out, you cannot bring in anyone but Gazelman in that spot. I mean, you know what? Maybe you bring in Familia. If you want to bring in Familia there, I think Gazelman's got to be in that spot. He's your best reliever. You're up two runs. Two guys are on. Nobody out. He didn't pitch the night before, and he pitched one inning on Wednesday. Why is Robert Gazelman not in that game? Callaway's answer was that Gazelman wasn't available. Well, why wasn't he available? Is he a reliever or not? What does he need, three days rest? I mean, I've seen Gazelman work much harder in that earlier in the year. Much harder. They used him back-to-back nights, multiple innings. He threw one inning for 13 pitches on Wednesday. He couldn't throw an inning on Friday? So he goes with Seawold. Why did he go with Seawold? Because Seawold's numbers are good against lefties. He doesn't trust Blevins, which I can't blame him, but he goes with Seawold specifically because his numbers are better against lefties. 
and Seawold typically gets tattooed, ball game over. Mets have to win that game. That one is on the manager. That should have been, you know what, I need a win desperately here. This is an A game. Gazelman Familia, that is it after the starter leaves the game. He didn't do that. He's made plenty of those mistakes. Uh, we'll talk more Mets. Andy Martino on the other side right now the news.